the work is very diverse. The scope of the sector is diverse. So the type of projects that you get involved in are very different. I would say that the key change within our practice area really has to be as a result of the recent developments to do with construction law and the introduction of the Building Safety Act, which came into force last year. The last few years have really shown us how external factors can disrupt the services that we are providing, whether that is as a result of a pandemic or geopolitical developments. Hello and welcome back to the Law Careers Net podcast. You're listening to the latest episode in our Practice Area Profile series in which we speak to practicing lawyers about what it's like in their area of the law. This episode is in collaboration with Charles Russell Speechleys and is all about working in construction law. You're about to hear from partner Rupa Lacker as she shares her career journey, day-to-day life as a contentious construction lawyer, and the skills she highlights as important to develop for budding solicitors. She also talks about the importance of business development in her job and which issues are currently affecting her practice area and the legal profession as a whole. We hope you enjoyed this practice area profile. You can read the full write-up of the profile on Law Careers Net and find out more about training at Charles Russell Speechleys via the link in the podcast description. Don't forget that you can also tune in to our regular podcast episodes sponsored by the University of Law. Now over to Rupa. I'm Rupa Laka. I'm a partner at Charles Russell Speechley's LLP. I did a degree in English Literature and Language at University College London originally, and then I did the conversion at the College of Law, which I believe is now the University of Law. So why did I become a solicitor and not a barrister? In all honesty, that's a really tough question. I loved the advocacy and originally I wanted to become a barrister and I was convinced that ultimately I would become a judge. But ultimately, the idea of having more client contact, getting involved earlier on in a matter, spending more time troubleshooting and giving broader commercial advice, plus working within the environment of a law firm is really what drew me to becoming a solicitor and choosing a career as a solicitor rather than a barrister. There are still days when I reflect back on the merits of that decision, but ultimately I think it worked out fine. I did my training contract at Speechley Bircham. Effectively, I've been at the same firm throughout my career. Charles Russell and Speechley Bircham merged in November 2014 to form Charles Russell Speechleys. But when I was a trainee, it was originally Speechley Bircham. It was a fantastic training contract. It was a smaller firm than it is now. So I was a cohort of one of five trainees. Everybody knew everybody else. I had the privilege of working across all four key divisions within the firm and had really good exposure to client contact, getting involved in transactions getting involved in disputes. I thoroughly enjoyed my training contract, hence staying on at the firm and still being there. My area of expertise is construction law and specifically I am a contentious construction lawyer. So I advise on all forms of dispute resolution, that's mediation, adjudication, 
arbitration and also high court proceedings. I also get quite involved in dispute avoidance, which is really important nowadays, and troubleshooting. So effectively offering advice when things are starting to go a little bit, well, they're getting bumpy and people need a bit of advice to smoothen the way. And that involves really understanding which of the disputes to be fought and which of the disputes to be managed out. I fell into this area because I always wanted to do contentious work. I mentioned that I wanted to become a barrister. So for me, having an area of law which was focusing on the contentious side was always part of the plan. I fell into construction because it was the last seat that I did in my training contract and I really enjoyed the work. The work is very diverse. The scope of the sector is diverse. So the type of projects that you get involved in are very different. Some can be very technical. So I've advised on a defective bridge where I had to look at the impact of structural forces and how they had gone wrong. You know, I'm an English undergraduate. So actually, that's really not something that I thought would be part of my day to day practice. But there you are. I've also worked on disputes to do with defective glazing, underfloor heating, and of course, a lot of defective cladding stuff. So that kind of stimulation on a very technical side is really what drew me and I like the clients that I was working with so I often advise quite senior people within construction companies and I really enjoyed that whole aspect plus of course being involved on the strategic side as well. Typical day for me is atypical as I think we've already touched on but generally you can expect to have a mixture of a number of components will of which will often come up so for instance part of my day will inevitably be involved with having some meetings whether they're internal meetings which are catching up on the progress of particular matters so for example if I've got regular cases on I will have regular weekly catch-ups with my team to see where we are in terms of actions and what's moved some will be external meetings where I'm meeting with clients to discuss any movement on a matter or where we have a specific task to be undertaken. I work quite closely with technical experts, so I could have a meeting with technical experts as well. So that is a portion of my day that is allocated to doing the earning work. There is also time in my day that is involved with training and learning and development, be it my own as part of the business school that I am a member of, or it could be giving training as well. And then as a partner, a big element of your job involves business development. So that's meeting with other people, potential clients, intermediaries, where you're forming relationships and looking at ways to try and bring in new business. I also lead the firm's India desk. So I spend a lot of time looking at firm strategy in that regard as well. The work that you do as a partner is vastly different from the work that you do as a trainee. I think in the early years of your career, the focus really has to be on honing in on your technical ability. So really getting to grips with the area that you are practicing, whatever that may be as part of the seat that you're in. Really get to grips with the principles of law that are being applied, the key drivers within that practice area. Work, learning to work within part of a team, communication skills, understanding how your contribution fits within the bigger picture that's being managed up the line with the other members in your team. It's really the foundation for the skills that you will require when you're a partner. When you're a partner, you're at the other end of the food chain, as it were. So the buck stops with you. You are making more decisions. You are offering strategic advice. You still obviously have to know the law in terms of your practice area, but 
your outlook is very different. It's more macro, looking at the bigger picture, the wider context, understanding the unspoken drivers that may sit behind a client's needs. Whereas when you're a trainee, you are perhaps a little bit more reactive and focusing on the immediate task in hand rather than looking at that bigger picture. I would say that the key change within our practice area really has to be as a result of the recent developments to do with construction law and the introduction of the Building Safety Act, which came into force last year. And that, as you may be aware, came into being as a result of the tragedy that happened at Grenfell. And the construction industry has had very close scrutiny in terms of protections that are in place or not in terms of building safety especially in relation to risk relating to fire. And there has been a raft of legislation that has been brought out, which has had some very significant impact in repercussions on both existing developments, plus looking at limitation periods going back and having a retrospective effect and really widening the scope of the parties who may have an exposure in relation to quite significant liability. And it's also meant an overhaul in terms of the landlord-tenant relationship as well. So that really has been a massive change with colossal impact. And we are looking at how that will manifest in time. A lot of developers, contractors, subcontractors are trying to get to grips with what this means in terms of their business going forward, but also how they manage exposure to new claims which have just come into being as a result of the legislation. And we're really dealing with that quite regularly, as I'm sure are many other construction lawyers. I think there are a number of key issues that are facing the profession over the next five years. The development of AI is very obvious and understanding how we use AI to help build our practices, build our efficiency, but being wary of using models like ChatGBT and stuff to effectively undermine certain advice and make shortcuts which are given. But I think another challenge really is also looking at ways in which law firms can remain competitive against other businesses who are offering legal services and how we keep improving on the model. There's many debates about whether or not the chargeable hour model is dead or not. And it's really looking at, again, improving efficiencies, giving more value to the client, dealing with more sophisticated client and saying, well, actually, I need to respond to that. How do I adapt the advice that I give? I think those are two big challenges. One further massive challenge, which I think remains, is one around diversity and improving movements within the profession so that it remains attractive and open to everyone, men and women, but particularly from my perspective, women in senior leadership positions. How do we make that sustainable in our profession? Fundamentally, you need to have an understanding of the law. That is a given. But I think alongside that, you need to have an understanding about what's going on in the world. The last few years have really shown us how external factors can disrupt the services that we are providing, whether that is as a result of a pandemic or geopolitical developments, which we couldn't even have foreseen. And it's being mindful of how they impact you as an individual, how they impact your firm and its operation, and ultimately, how does that impact your client?
how will that impact the way in which they are able to do business? And I think having that at the core of your understanding, at the core of your advice is absolutely crucial because you've got to be able to interplay the legal advice that you give and being aware of those parameters to understanding those commercial pressures that businesses are facing in order to deliver advice that is relevant to those businesses and can get them to an effective solution other skills, people skills, I think, and massively so project management skills. I think those are absolutely essential because as a construction lawyer, as a contentious construction lawyer, you're dealing with technical experts, you're often dealing with barristers, you're dealing with your own team members, and you're dealing with the client as well. And you've got to make that team work effectively so that you are efficient that you remain focused and that you deliver value across the piece. And I also think you need to have resilience to drive that as well as empathy, plus a little bit of kindness to yourself. I think key advice that I would have for budding solicitors who are contemplating a career in either construction or a legal career more generally are really just to develop some of the core skills that I've highlighted. I think you have to have drive and you have to have resilience. You know, it is a hard profession. It's a very rewarding profession, but it is hard and it requires endurance because the pressures that you face as a trainee, they evolve as you get more senior. It is not a job where the more senior you become, the more you can sit back and relax. You know, there is the old stereotype of partners who just go out for long lunches. And yes, as I've said, business development is a key part of what you need to do. But actually the world and clients are requiring a level of sophistication in your service, which means that partners are having to, rightly so, do a lot of the work. And actually that's what partners enjoy. So in order to sustain that performance, you've really got to make sure that you've got the drive, the ambition and the resilience to keep Going. But ultimately, you've got to be kind to yourself because in order to keep yourself going, you've got to appreciate that actually that progress comes with time and it comes with patience. And I think you need a good combination of all of those things to have a sustainable and a successful career in law. I think the one thing I wish I had really understood before becoming a solicitor is the fact that actually you do need this huge level of endurance. It is a very tough profession and you have to work really hard. I quite enjoy that. It's what stimulates me and it keeps me going. The rewards are there for your taking. So actually the old phrase of, you know, you get in what you put out, I can definitely see that. But I think if somebody had just mentioned to me and really reinforced that ultimately it is a marathon and not a sprint, and ultimately that I should take progress over perfection and remember that progress is not linear but it's still progress. <laughs>